down and distance. Down and distance. Down and distance. On WGNRadio.com. Too bad you can't get famous just for telling stories on podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. It's the What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Down the Distance here on WGNRadio.com. Jared Payton alongside my man, Ernie Scat and Shy Voiceman on Twitter. I'm at Payton Sun, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. We're going to try something new today, a new game, a new segment, because I do want to argue a little bit with my brother from another mother, Ernie Scat. I might just pick one of these and just go left just because he goes right. That's just how we do it. But we're going to we're gonna kind of mix it up a little bit. New game called Take It or Leave It. We'll go out to the phone lines as well, take some phone calls from Chicago sports fans, and we'll figure out if they're going to take it or if they're going to leave it. First up, though, is ranking Chicago Bears' 10 most important contributors in 2017, an article that was uh, put out on Bleacher Report. And... Only four offensive guys on this list. At number 10, you have Kevin White. Number 9, you have Cody Whitehair, offensive lineman. I know, big deal, but still, when we talk about playmakers. Uh, Jonathan Bullard at number 8. Number 7, Quentin Demps. Then at number 6, Kyle Fuller. I don't even know how he made the list. I don't even think he might even make this team. I don't know how that's even possible. Eddie Goldman at number 5. At number 4, Charles Leno Jr. Then at number 3, the man himself, Jordan Howard. Oh, I love seeing him in that Pro Bowl uniform. He's going to be there again. Number 2, Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky at number 2. And then at number 1, Leonard Floyd coming at number 1. When you look at it. Number two, you have Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky. One of those guys probably is not going to be playing, but we got a little take it or leave it with his name in there as well. Jordan Howard on that list. I think he should be at least number two, if not number one. But when you have number 10 sitting there, that's Kevin White. I think the biggest issue with a lot of people with Kevin White is, can he stay healthy enough to be able to make plays in 2017? Something that we haven't seen so far in the past two years as a Chicago Bear for him. But we have our man Mike on the line right now. Big Bears fan, also bigger Bulls fan. We'll get into the Bulls with him in a second. But Mike, take it or leave it. The Bears' top playmaker in 2017 will be Kevin White. <laughs> I'll leave it right there. I, you know, he's pretty much the poster boy for this management team that we want to trust, but nobody can right now. You know, you think, I mean, outside of the injury right there, you know, that hasn't, obviously he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Can he stay on the field? That'd be great. But when he was on the field last year, he was not even making any plays. I think he had one game where he went over 100 yards. He didn't look fast. You know, you watch a first-round pick. You watch like a Will Fuller. You see this guy's blazing down the field. You look at Kevin White. They're supposed to have run the same 40, and it's just like it's not even close. I do not feel good about about Kevin White. I would pass on that. I'd put, I'd put Marcus Wheaton ahead of him. I'd put Victor Cruz ahead of him right now. Easy. Easy. That is, that is easy. I mean, when you start to think about it, it's hard. It's hard to even say that. But it's a question that I wanted to pose out there to people just because you never know what can happen. But still, for a guy that is not seeing the football field over two years for that much, I mean, four games, it's not a lot. And you can't put a lot of faith in a guy that you haven't really seen be able to do it on the biggest level on the biggest stage. So I'm with you. I'm leaving it. As much as I would love to keep it, I mean, I hoped in the long run after 2017, I'm looking at Kevin White with over 1,000 yards and about 
eight or nine touchdowns. I'll take that. I'll take that from Kevin White. <laughs> can I can I take it on a on, he's not going to be the best offensive player for the Bears, but can I take it that he's going to be a, a key integral part of the Bears offense? That's can not I take that? that's not that's not the question. The Come question on. is if he who's going to be the Bears <laughs> Top playmaker in 2017. I have to leave it because of Jordan Howard. But he's going to be second. I'm on Kevin White's bandwagon. I'm not. I'm not hating you for being on his bandwagon. I think it's perfect. But I mean, let's be I realistic. I realistically, stop I have to leave it because Jordan Howard is going. Listen, you're right. Stop being right. the fan and, and be, get behind the mic. <laughs> you're behind the mic now. You're not sitting at home. Chilling. Uh, then I have to leave it. All right, you got to leave it. I all three it. of us, listen, all three of us are going to leave it. All right, Mike, take it or leave it. Mitch Trubisky will be the starter by the end of the season. Oh, man. I say take that one right there, even though I'm actually pretty – I actually think Glennon will be better than a lot of people think, but will be a team that won't, won't be winning many games, and it'll just be the pining for it at the end, and eventually Glennon will have a bad game or two, and Trubisky will take the reins at the end. All right, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. And I'm going to say I'm taking it, and I'm taking it before the end of the season. I believe Mitch Trubisky will take that starting role at some point. Are you talking about before, like, before the end of the season? I know. Game seven, seven? eight-ish, somewhere around there. Oh, so you're talking about before the halfway mark? Before the halfway mark, I believe Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback. Listen, if that happens, then this team is going to be a dumpster fire on wheels. Why? 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 What did Carson? But, what did Carson? What, no, what did Carson wants to do last year? They it, have virtually it, the same college stats. Yeah, it, it's not the same college stats. It, it was a guy that, when you look at the, his production, I mean, he he's got a, he had a lot more production in college with no. how he yes no. yes yes I, I, I don't look that. don't look at the don't look at the numbers. You're looking You're gonna, at one year. You're looking at one year. That's one year. So for so if they have the same numbers and he had three years of playing, that means he was garbage those first couple of years, no, or he didn't no, get a lot no, of playing no, time. No, 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 no. This dude, first of all, Mitch Trubisky almost didn't start. He almost didn't get the chance to start, bro. Why? Because because he got beat. He almost got beat out. First, he did get beat out first when he was there be, the year before by and the then mar- got, by the the incoming quarterback, and, and, and then he got a chance to be the starter his the last year. So it wasn't like he's the he was the man coming in highly touted. Oh, this is going to be the future. Nah, this dude lucked into the situation. I'm and not taking anything away from him. I, not, I I just I I always go back to the Carson Wentz. Who was he in college? Well, we got to see where he went to college. He and, didn't. He I mean, didn't go. He, he didn't went go to, to South Dakota. Whatever, yeah, exactly. South Dakota State. I mean, he was I mean playing, it's not like it was. It was a, a an SEC so, team. And, and so right. most people would look at that and go, "This guy is going to be garbage." And he ended up coming in and playing well. He's going to develop for a guy in Trubisky. He has the ability. It's going to take time. But I don't, I, it's, I don't to me, it's hard to compare both of those two guys, man. What if Trubisky's built for the pros? What if, what I'm if not his, saying what that if he's not, built listen, for the pros I'm and this not, is where he excels? I am not saying that he can't, Ernie. It's just the fact of that I know for sure he has to be able to learn this Bears offense and understand from being under center sometimes. Almost 98% of his, play, of his plays in college were out of the shotgun. That that just doesn't that's the, that doesn't cut it. So he has to be able to find a way, Ernie, to understand the NFL game. Mike, am I wrong? You're definitely not wrong. My fear, and guys, I'll tell you what. I feel like it would be so Bears for this to happen where Glennon has a great year, okay, mm-hmm. and we might find a guy that might be our quarterback for the first time in my life, and all of a sudden we push him out to bring <laughs> Trubisky in. 
I mean, and then Trubisky doesn't end up doing anything, and, Glenn, and we have to remove Glennon or something like that. It would just be the ultimate irony of all this right now. That's why I, uh, Jared, I hope, I hope he doesn't play this year for the fact that I don't want him inserted in there to take the spot if he doesn't deserve it off the bat. Like, if uh, I don't need fans like pushing for it if Glennon's playing well. Like, let him sit the entire year if that's the case, and then have that problem again next year. I just don't believe in Glennon. I, I'm not a big that, Glennon fan. I, I'm, I'm just lukewarm. Not, I'm lukewarm. I'm, I'm not. There's not a huge body of work behind him, and, and the body of work wasn't great. So I'm just not a huge Glennon fan. So my my argument is, why can't Trubisky take that spot if he's capable? Why can't he? I mean, if he's capable, if he understands the offense. But I don't know if you want to do it too soon. Like he is supposed to be the future. I I, I would love to see him get in. And, and everybody talks about quarterbacks coming in, failing early. But you see, we've seen a, a large number of guys that come in early, try to play, and then next thing you know, they're not the same True. after of having rough years. Not everybody is a Peyton Manning or, you know, guys that can kind of beat the odds or have the, the mental state where they can kind of block those things out. It's funny because I was just looking at a the documentary or the 30 for 30 on Ryan Leaf and just how early on in his career, how all that stuff with the pressures and all that stuff drove him basically because he, he couldn't sleep at night because everybody calling on the bus and the expectations. Are so Listen, in this town, Mitchell Trubisky is, is going to be looked at, like it or not, as the savior. And he hasn't even played it down yet. They're looking for him to the future. It's, it would scare me for him to play this season if it wasn't like maybe the last maybe three games he started. I'd be fine with that. Other than that, I don't want to see him play in 2017. I just don't want to see him play. I want him I to do. get as much. I want to see him get as many mental reps and understand True. his offense before he gets in, Ernie. Because what if he gets it. What if he's – because they know, from what everyone says, he's extremely smart. It, Ryan Leaf was just a listen, dumb dude. He listen, was just a dumb pothead. Listen, he was. He was a dumb pothead. Listen, if ifs were a fifth, man, we'd all be drunk, man. Hey, maybe we're drinking. Man, I don't know. Listen, man, we moving on, man. We moving on. All right, listen. Take it or leave it, Mike. The Bulls will be better off moving forward – without Jimmy Butler in the long run. Take it right there. I mean, that that one is pretty simple. I, I felt pretty good about it uh, at the trade. I didn't didn't love the trade at first, but if some of this has gone on, by default, the Bulls might have struck gold here. You got the crazy, silly money being dished out by these GMs right now. We see it every year, but never like this. Bulls weren't winning a title in the next two to three years with the Warriors and LeBron in their final runs of this. So while the rebuild is restarting, you gain some young core pieces. Like I said, didn't look great at first, but then you see what Indiana gets for Paul George, and you get like, yeah, okay, maybe that was a great haul for Jimmy right there. But in three years, when you're ready to go for it again, the Bulls may be, like I said, they may have stumbled into this. They might be one of three to four teams with money to go out and find a free agent. And you can say all you want about a bad culture, and I totally agree, totally agree. But ultimately, money is 98% of what matters when it comes to free agency. As soon as Chris Paul was dealt, everybody assumed Blake would leave too, but he wasn't passing up that money right there. We live in a world where a career nine point per game, four rebound, one assist guy, and Otto Porter just got a max deal. Otto Porter. And on top of that, what it really came down to was just one question. In two years, when Jimmy Butler was age 30, were you willing to give Jimmy Butler $40 million a year for five to six years? I wasn't. And looking at it from that standpoint, 
How could you how could you not understand the trade and the rebuild? Do I trust this management team to run it? Eh. But do I think it was the right move and the right time? And did we just luck into something a little bit? Yes, I do. So I would take that in a heartbeat. All right, I'm going to take it as well. I mean, it's hard because you, you keep Jimmy here and the likelihood of having to pay him 200 some million and not being able to attract free agents, even with Jimmy here, it, it, it was an issue. I think you had to be able to get rid of him, move forward with this young talent. And it seems like that this organization really truly loves Fred Hoiberg and want him to be around. And they believe he's the guy, whether it's just his guy. But the thing is, is that you just weren't going to get anything. Even with Jimmy Butler, you were bounced in the first round of the playoffs. All right. So mm-hmm. if Jimmy if you is, made the playoffs, but if Jimmy is that guy that everybody says he is, and I'm I, listen, you can you can fight and take it or leave it that he's a top fifteen player or not. I've heard people say that he is. People say that he's not. Listen, he's a damn good basketball player, and he got oh, better. He is, hands yeah, listen, down. Hands down, he he will help out a team. What he's going to help in Minnesota is go. You can I can't even put words on it because now he's coming in, and I think he. He kind of saw how he left here in Chicago. Like it or not, if he's going to admit it or not, I think he knew what he what he had become with his stardom that started to rise. Like as this the franchise here in Chicago started to morph around him, get away from Derrick Rose, and I think he saw last year with everything that went on with him and D Wade and Rondo and the social media wars that were going back and forth, that how he has to be able to handle young players. And I believe that hopefully he learns that and he learned it here in Chicago. He'll go to Minnesota and be able to mentor that young team because, they, man, they got something special going on, man. Like, I'm looking forward to what Taj is a part of the group now, too. Oh, absolutely. What? I was waiting for D. Rose to come in and just facilitate. I was like, oh, oh he'll be there. He'll oh. be there. Come on. Yeah, he'll, they'll, they'll get him there. I think at some today point. he's going. He, well, I think he's meeting with the Clippers today, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll wind yeah. up in Minnesota. It'll be Chicago I mean, East. You just, you never really <laughs> or Chicago what, Northwest kind of ish. Man, you gotta take it or leave it. Hey, Mike, man, appreciate you, bro. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Ernie. Thanks, Terry. We'll Thanks, talk Mike. You. All right, Dizzle. I need to ask you a couple of questions. SD Two Mike's on Twitter. Bleacher Report ranked. Chicago Bears' top 10 most important contributors in 2017. Four offensive players made that list for the Bears. Two of those are offensive linemen, and the other two offensive guys are Kevin White and Jordan Howard. Now, I know how you feel about Jordan Howard, and I think I know how you feel about Kevin White. So take it or leave it. The Bears' top playmaker in 2017 will be Kevin White. Leave it. Right. Well, did you Leave giggle? It. Did you giggle a little? Did I mean, you <laughs> I don't. I'm not upset with them to giggle, dude. That's no, his. I mean, you you have to understand that this team. You really go back and look at Jordan Howard and what he was able to accomplish. I mean, this guy was not even getting big time reps in training camp. He continued to practice hard. Langford was supposed to be the guy. They had this new running system, the stretch system that you are familiar with. He being in Tennessee. And we saw him against the Patriots make a couple of touchdown runs. And we said, okay, this guy might break out. And then all of a sudden, three, four games into the season, here's this rookie that just comes in and just throwing up hundos all over the place each and every week against good defenses. And you have to – man, he has to be the bell cow. He has to be the bell cow for this offense, especially – at the quarterback position with Mike Glennon and Trubisky, no matter who's going to be taking snaps, the running game has to be dominant, especially 
with two of the top offensive players being offensive linemen. I mean, that that's pretty much the issue. So, okay, take it or leave it then. Jordan Howard will be the NFL's leading rusher at the end of the season. No, I'm going to double down. Leave it. You know, it's Zeke all day. Yes. <laughs> you saying that just because you're a Cowboy day. fan? No. Absolutely. I'm being totally biased right now. I'm being totally biased right now. But, I mean, you have to look at them once again. Look at that offensive line. But I'm very interested, man, because maybe not this year, but in years to come, I want to see how Jerry Jones and his organization handles kind of what we saw in Seattle with a young quarterback that rides the coattail of a running back and a strong offensive line and a strong running game. And once he's allowed to mature, does the organization place him above that running back and running game? You know, does Dak elevate himself or become elevated above Zeke in another year or two? Does it happen this year? Does it happen next year? Does it cause friction in the organization? Does it cause friction in the locker room? It's just an interesting thing to watch and observe. So, but for right now, I'm going to go with Zeke as the leading rusher in the National Football League. Right behind him, I probably would go uh, Le'Veon Bell before I would go Jordan Howard. But Jordan Howard would definitely be in the top five. So this is hard for me because I do want to believe it, but I understand that after you know a tough year, do I believe that he can do it? Yeah, I believe that he can do it. But there's a lot of other issues. I mean, those issues were kind of still there last season as well. I, I, I think he'll be – in the top six and to okay. me and listen to me that's good that's good after being number two in the league I, I'll, I'll take being in that top six right and when right. you look at some of those other guys you you mentioned Le'Veon Bell and we know Zeke's going to be at that top as well and, and guys that are only guys that are in your top five or top six are guys that are durable and that's a one thing about Jordan Howard that I know it's only been one season but you watch the way that he runs the football and, man, he doesn't take big hits. He's given out those hits, and that also gives you a little bit more life as the season goes on. People always go, what are you talking about? Yeah, when you take hits, you taking blows, man, it's like being it's like being a boxer. You'd rather be giving those blows. Yeah, you get tired a little bit, but you feel a lot better at the end when your face is not marked up and the other guy's got to wear sunglasses and sip out of a straw for a week. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. I, I'm, I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to take it. I, I I would love for that to happen. I still would think that this team maybe gets six wins, maybe. Um, if they're lucky, seven, if, if they're re- able to scrape it out. But, man, I don't want him taking all this punishment, going crazy when uh, this team is still kind of trying to build. So I'm actually going to leave it. Ernie, I need your take. I got to leave it as well. I don't see this team winning more than four games. Dang, four? And and I think he's going to get, he's going to absorb some punishment this year because of that fact. The the best thing that the Bears can hope happen is that Cody Whitehair continues on that ascent and that that line gels because I think they have those those front three, the two guards in the center. I think right there you have the beginning of something special. I'm not, I'm not, I think our tackles, I, I still don't believe in Charles Leno. I don't know. I know you guys know more than me. I know these people know more than me. But from the eye test, the smell test, he stinks. Um, I, I'm not huge on their tackles, and I think they need help there. But he runs well between the tackles. So okay. I, I think that he can he can survive. But I think he's going to take some punishment this year. So All right, yeah, man. Leave it. You know, in the NFL, tackles are like top five NBA players. It's real hard to find. Oh. Hey, I got one for you guys before I go. Okay, go ahead. Take it or leave it. Miss Trapisky should be involved with an open quarterback competition heading into Bourbon A. Take it. 
Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. I don't know why he shouldn't be. Let this man, put, let him spin. You want to win? Let Booby spin. Coach, put me in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's let him spin. You never know. He may be. He just may be special. Listen, I, I'm Ernie. Ernie has me to the sideline hiding Glennon's helmet. <laughs> hey, 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 Sean, Sean, listen, man. What helmet? Helmet? Listen, what helmet? I, I'm gonna. This is gonna kill me to do this. I'm gonna leave it. All right. I'm gonna leave mm. it. Mm. I'm, I'm going to leave it in the in. In the case that I really, really think that this young man needs some time to to develop, man. Just from what I've seen, I just think he needs time. And I don't know if training camp and the preseason is going to give him enough time. And I'm going to say leave it. I'm cool with the open competition, though. I I just, Sean, I I don't think he's ready right now. I don't think he's going to be ready. And does he have the, does he need to have, uh, you know, those trials and tribulations and get knocked down and have some issues. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But we've seen when it comes to franchise quarterbacks or guys that are labeled, and if they're not ready, sometimes they get ruined. They, they get ruined, and it scares me. It scares me. And I, I don't know if that's the fan talking. I, yeah, it is. It, it's the fan inside me, man. This is not the guy behind the mic. This is the fan talking. I'm sorry. I can't I can't break it down and say that I'm this is the analyst talking. No, this is the fan talking. As a fan, yeah, I don't want I really don't want to see him in 2017. You know, I'm hoping that Mike Glennon can hold the fort down. This team get do what they need to do. But we talked to a guy, Mike, who was on with us just, just a minute ago, and he said eventually it's going to happen. Like he he could come out in, you know, week in the last four games of the season and start. I mean, that could happen. And if that happens, as a fan, I'm going to have to be okay with it. So if you're down there covering Kemp and Trubisky is moving the ball in wheel against that defense, you still just... Yeah, listen, things can change if I see something. For right, for what I've seen so far, he's not ready. But if if you show, if he's down there moving the ball and he's got control of this, this Bears offense and I see it in games as well, like I see it in preseason games... Yeah, I'll change my mind. But for right now, from what I've seen, dude, he still has work to do, man. Like, he, he's got some work to do. He's got the skills. He's got the ability to be able to do it. I just don't think he's ready at this time right now. And I think this would crush this organization. Yeah, I'm you ta- can't no, ruin listen, him. You can't ruin him. Sean, I'm talking about it would crush this organization, dude. They are they are all in on this dude. Man. Like, all in. I, I've... I, mean, I, I don't know if I've seen it before like this. Like, since I've been covering, I've, I haven't seen anything like this. They are all in, and all the bags are on, on the car waiting for this dude to be able to take over. So, I mean, if he shows me something in camp and preseason, I'll change that. I'll, I'll take it. But for right now, for his sake, I just I, I want to leave it so I can watch him develop. And that's what I need to do. I need to see him develop as a quarterback. And, we had this conversation, Sean, about Carson Wentz and other guys that come in that are ready. You know, every man's different. You know, every they come their experiences from college are different. How they handle adversity is different. You know, yeah. like I mean, we're all so different. It's like having a kid. You know, each kid is so different. Like my son is so different than my daughter. Like they what makes them tick is just different. And I I just don't know if he's ready yet. And and I'm hoping, I think, in the long run, it'd be the best for him. But, Sean, man, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you guys, man. Time to talk some hockey now. I want to get your perspective on uh, 
on the Blackhawks. Take it or leave it. The window is closing. I take it. The window is closing. You are? I, it is. I, it, if it's not already closed. I mean, I love that they're putting the band back together. You know, you're bringing in the old guys, Patrick Sharp, although I don't know how that works with Duncan Keith. And wasn't there the whole thing that Patrick Sharp and Listen, Duncan Keith's I, wife? I, 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 whatever, I, 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 neither here nor there. Um, I, I just think that you've gotten eight solid, not eight, nine, ten years out of these guys. They've played a ton of hockey over that time. Your, your core, your stars, Duncan Keith, uh, Taze, Kane, these guys, Seabrook, these guys have played virtually all year every year. Because when they're done with the regular season, they then go to the playoffs. When they're done with the playoffs, they're playing for their country. They're playing in the Olympics. They're playing in these these tournaments. And I, I just think that they're getting old. I mean, it, it was the thing with Hosa. He, he's all of a sudden allergic to his equipment. I don't know if the, the Hawks made him allergic to his equipment so they could get some money relief. But we're we're so far over the cap. We're so we're so maxed out, and you're now starting to bring in the older guys. You're bringing them back because these guys will take the contracts to play in the city that they love, and they do want back in. But is Patrick Sharp over the top? Is he over you know over the hill? Is, is he really going to help you? And I love the side. I love side coming back. You hey. lose Panarin, but hey. I love side coming back. Hey, guess what? What? Guess what? You're crazy. You know that? <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Got to admit I mean, it. We're, I mean, it. I love the fact that you're coming off strong. Like, I I love it. Like, the passion that you had right there. <laughs> black guys talking hockey. You're right, right? Two black guys talking hockey. Like, that is like, that, that never happens. Never. I, there has to be a podcast out there that is strictly two black guys talking hockey. And if there is, what would you name it? I have no black clue. guys on hockey. Black. Oh, black I got hockey. it. I got it. I got it. Black ice. Black ice. Oh, black ice. The new podcast. The Blackhawks new podcast. The, black ice. That is it. We need to find a sponsor for it, like right, right now. Right now. It, well, it would have to be. Isn't there like Blake uh, Ice Natty Ice? <laughs> well, I don't know if they'll let us Natty do that. Ice. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this. I'm going to disagree with you, my brother. Okay. I, I, I respect your opinion. I still believe that the window is still open for this team because of this core. And I'm, I know we're talking about a core that's getting old, but you still have Patrick Kane, who, after an MVP season, had a solid regular season last year. He's only 28 years old. You got, you got Jonathan Taves, 29 years old. I still believe that these guys can put it together. It's all about trying to fit the pieces around them to figure out can they do it. And with this hard cap, it's been a tough deal. But, yeah, you get away a guy, you 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 move a guy like Panarin, but you get a guy, you move a guy like Panarin, but you get a guy like Saad back. I'll take Brandon Saad. As much as people love the bread man, like much respect to him for what he did. And was it great to see him and Patrick Kane play together on that second line? Yes, it was. But... You know what? In some ways, you're you're losing a guy in Panarin, and Patrick Kane will figure out a way because anybody around him with skill is going to be better when they're Absolutely. around him, right? Absolutely. But the one guy that was faltering just a little bit and having a tough time on that top line was Jonathan Taves. So now you get a guy like Brandon Side who right. makes him feel comfortable again. Best years with Side. Yes. So now I feel like they're going to be they'll, – they'll have some little bit more of a connection back I still believe that the window is still open, man. I really do. And I don't know how long it's open for, but I still think it's open. I I really do. This team was the best in the West when you looked at them last year. And, yeah, they had some hard times. Maybe they got exposed just a little bit. 
But you can't tell me that a finesse team like this Blackhawks squad can't get back and win a cup when we just saw back-to-back years with the Penguins. And they're, a finesse, and they're they're a finesse squad with aging stars as well. Sure, they are. They are the blueprint of the Hawks. Almost, um, I guess you, you're bringing back a little bit of uh, of some angst and some, I guess, red ass with uh, with Sod coming back. I like that. I like it. I like that move a lot. Panarin was very good, but was not a tough guy. And with him and him and you would see that line just get abused at times. Yeah, they could outskate anyone. And they could put it on goal, and they could, but you would see at times guys just get knocked eight feet off of their skeets and just crushed, and there was nothing you could do. We weren't. I mean, Nashville took it to us. Nashville took it to us. At one point, I'll never forget this. It was, I believe, in game three in like the third period, and two Nashville guys come skating by the camera and they're talking. You know, like they're like, ah, I don't know, we got to do this. Then you see Duncan Keith and, um, and um, Jonathan Tapes come by and they're on their knees. And they're bent over, and they're dog tired, and you can see it. You can see, the two national guys just skated by like they're having a Sunday afternoon conversation. Yeah, dude, we got to get back and unblock this. And those two came by. They weren't saying a word. Their heads were down. They were on their knees. They were tired. They need some rest. They need some. They need a break. Hey, man, I'm I'm. We'll just disagree. I'm cool with it though. I, we can that's disagree. What I love. All right, take it or leave it. Landing Gordon Hayward vaults the Celtics into front runners in the East. Take it or leave it. You better not take this. I gotta leave it. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Tell. LeBron, no listen. This is simple. LeBron James is still with the Cavs. He's still in the East, yeah. so it's got to go through LeBron still until I see something otherwise. All right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have I a hard it. time saying that. I, I love the fact we got Al Horford now. You got Isaiah Thomas. You got uh, Gordon Hayward. And shout out to Hayward, though, for what he's become in the NBA. From a guy that I saw against Duke in the national championship, you know, almost win a game or that half-court shot to what he's become in the NBA, hats off to him. He deserves that $120 million because I never saw it coming that this dude would be where he is right now in the NBA. Is he not, like, the perfect Celtic guy? I like going Hayward Celtic. It just If there was ever two two things that were meant to meet, I just feel like Gordon Hayward to, to Boston was it. I like that team. I, I'm still not a huge, huge fan. No, they will not beat Cleveland. I'm not the biggest Isaiah Thomas fan in the world. Uh, I think I I still think a small guy is small. No matter how you cut it, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, he's still a small guy. And yeah, he can throw stuff up and he can travel 18 times a game and take four and a half steps to get that <laughs> shot. But when it comes down to it, and you throw some meat on him, he's still a small guy. Uh, oh gosh, every time you said small guy, your picture just like popped up into my head. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, for real. It's just like I was th- thinking of you, like in the gym, like taking a dude with a the, like a guy. euro step, like a euro step yeah. and a headband. <laughs> four a five steps. One, two, three. They four. do. These guys take five and six steps. Now oh. they carry the ball. He he is a notorious carrier of the yeah, ball. Yeah, I mean, and I get that it's legal now. It is, yeah. But good gosh, this guy, the carry that he. I don't know when it became legal to take four and a half steps and to carry ball. I don't know when it became legal to, dr- to dribble over your shoulder. When I was young, and I, I hate to say it like I'm this old dude, but I can remember being called that. Uh, you dribbled over your shoulder, traveling. Like, what? Yeah. Isaiah Tom- or not Isaiah Thomas, um, Allen Iverson transcended the I mean, he made He made an illegal move legal. The carry. The carry, and then in, in 
then the steps became legal because you let that carry go. Yeah, but these dudes are perfected, and now it's different. It's totally different. It's so hard to call it. Now we're going to switch to some baseball because we got to get into this topic. We're not going to talk about your Southsiders. They're in rebuild mode. But you know what? Watch them yesterday. They don't give up. So they don't. I, I, listen, They're not I res- quitters. I, listen, I respect them so much. I respect Renteria and what he's doing with that young group and, and those guys as they figure this thing out and rebuild. I, I really do. I had a first time yesterday watching a full White Sox game. Well, and you know, Ricky Renteria would still be the Cubs manager if Joe Madden had never opted out. I know. He was I not know. going anywhere. He's good for what they're doing. He's good for a rebuild. He's good for that team, and he's got them fighting and going in the right direction. Okay. I love it. So, listen, the Cubs are going to turn things around after the All-Star break. Take it or leave it. Leave it. Wow. I think their pitching is their pitching just is not great right now. And when you when you can't when you're not putting up the consistent offense that you did last year and the consistency that you had last year, that pitching has to take over and they can't. I have a hard time with this one. I really do. I have Can a I say hard one thing time. real quick? Yeah. I'm not saying that the Cubs window is closed or that no, they no, no, won't no, be no. able I'm to turn this that. around no, with not, maybe no. one pitching. No, move. we're talking about the right for this now, season. this season. I gotta leave it. It's hard. Because what they, my dad would always say, like you could, you could dress up a pig, but it's still a pig, right? <laughs> you could put stinks. lipstick on the pig, it's Brent still Barry a pig. Said it. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> and right see. now, and right now, when I watch this team, they're Stop. average. They're average. They are. They're, they're an average team. They're average team. Because of their listen, pitching, with some great players, but they're average. And yeah. so it's hard to say that that offensively that this team is going to be in not hit the way that they should or drive runs in like they should, get men on base like they should. Like, all these things, I believe, can change. But on the other end, it comes down to making sure that pitching is – that's what was the – last year, you saw that. You were getting good outings from each guy, and it made it easier because defense was playing well, because that defense was kind of – they were living off that moment of their of the pitching staff of the their pitching their, so their starters, right? Yeah, so important. And, and now we're not seeing that, and this is hard for me to do, man. But I, I'm going to have to leave it. I, I believe that they turn things around, but I don't know if they turn it around in the sense of where we saw them in 2016. Through 81 games last year, the Cubs had 54 quality starts. That's uh, kind of impressive. ERA 1.62. Compared to this year, the Cubs have had 32 quality starts in 81 games. It's cut in half. I mean, and that that's going to be your explanation to the record that they have in the mediocrity that they're mired in. Because I mean, they're it's, stuck. It's stuck. Huh? They need they need that stud feature. And, and I don't know if Justin Verlander is the now is no. he's uh, the savior. I can't I can't go that old. No, like that's not I what you're going to get. Old. He's he's I can't I can't do it. And with those power pitchers, after seven, eight, nine, ten years of that power pitching, they're not power pitchers anymore. You know who I like? You know I want a young dude. I should want like one like a Chris Archer from yeah Cleveland, like, but right? They, but how do they? They never give that up. They should have won after Sale. It was, and, and and I know they didn't want to give up Schwarber. That's probably what it would have cost somewhere on the line. But where's Schwarber now? Take it or leave it. The White Sox will win a World Series before the Cubs do again. Ah! All right. Okay. Fanboy in me says White Sox all day. Yes. All day long. White dogs for life. But the non-fanboy and the sports guy in me says the Cubs are in an open window right now. Their window is probably going to be about four years, five years, depending on their pitching 
what they do with the pitching. I But I got to believe they're going to go out and get some pitching. So I have to go with the Cubs winning a World Series before the um, before the White Sox do. But uh, the White Sox will be coming. I mean, they're coming. They are coming. And I would love more than anything for them to win a World Series in the next five, six years. But I know it won't happen. Simple for me. I'm going to leave it. Sorry. I mean, I love the fact and see what's going on on the South Side. But... It's going to take some time, and I just think that the window for this Cubs team is still open. So until further notice, yeah, we're leaving it. All right, that was it. That was Take It or Leave It today here on Down I like the Distance. I like Take It or Leave It. I take it. At DAD Pod on Twitter. Let us know what you think about some of the stuff we were talking about. We want to get your take on it. Hashtag Take It or Leave It. And give us some Take It or Leave It. Yeah, send us some. We want to get some. Send us some, and we'll have them on, but also... Every single week, we're going to get people to be able to call in like we have people today of calling in, and you get a chance to voice your opinion and take it or leave it about stuff that's going on here in Chicago in sports. For Ernie Scatton, my man, shy voice man on Twitter, I'm at Peyton Sun, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N on Twitter. It's always a pleasure to be able to, uh, to talk some sports with our people here in Chicago. We love you guys. As always, we were here. Now we're gone. Peace. Peace.